Welcome to Table Stakes, presented by Xenial, where some of the most innovative and tech-savvy leaders in the enterprise restaurant scene discuss the technology they are using to solve the toughest issues they face. I'm host, Andy Grindstaff, restaurant enthusiast, technology optimist, and one of the product leads here at Xenial. And I'm Tama Looney, analytics fanatic, lifelong learner, diversity champion, and head of client success for Global Payments Ace Division. Today we're joined with our head of technology, Chris Siefkin. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Andy. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to have you back on the uh, on the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So normally for our listeners, we, we do try to keep this, you know, not very Xenial focused. We, we know we're not the only the only name in town, and we, we just really want to be helpful to our clients. However, I do think today we have a bit of a special occasion, um, popping some champagne corks, as uh, Chris wanted to say uh, on the podcast here, um, in that we are going to be discussing patents, more specifically, uh, a really important one that we were just awarded at Xenia on Global Payments. Uh, based on some of our work. So I'm I'm really excited to have Chris here who uh, helped spearhead a lot of that. Um, so Chris, let, let's talk about that. You recently applied for and received some patents on behalf of Xenial, and that is super exciting. Can you explain what those are for? That's a great question, Andy. So we've been working on uh, some patents in, in this space for uh, the drive-through, what we see as sort of the drive-through of the future. Um, and we've talked about, it, I think, a few times on this uh, podcast and and uh, it's definitely been something we've been discussing in the media at large uh, for the past few months and maybe even a year at this point. And the concept here really is to have a drive-through that uh, takes advantage of the next-gen technology. The previous innovations that happened in drive-through really happened in the 70s when McDonald's put a talking clown outside uh, of their restaurant and had a speaker and microphone. Um, and, and you saw all future drive-throughs sort of take on that same mechanism. And later on, we added digital menu boards uh, to the flow so that, you know, we're not we're not just having folks reprint and re-put out new menus. Menus could be changed faster. They could be swapped out for breakfast, lunch and dinner um, without having to have, you know, more real estate, more menus out in the in the drive through and then also help out with things like upsell, cross sell um, uh, items like that. And, And later on, I think, you know, not too too long ago, actually, uh, doing order confirmation. So as you order, those words are coming up there. Hey, I've got you know this kind of burger with this uh, particular configuration and fries. Um, and and for us, we looked at that space as the pandemic started and said, Hey, what else can we do in the drive-through to really modernize it? Um, and one of the key areas that we looked at was voice. And I know we've we've talked about that a lot uh, before, but but automating the voice uh, uh, ordering. Uh, piece of of the drive-through, allowing for a, a bot to actually take the order um, and talk to the consumer, uh, and then we additionally um, started to look at timing and how to track um, how to track cars as they journey through their through their line in the drive-through and and what's going on with that car. And the pandemic really brought this around as most customers took their ability uh, to to take orders all outside. They had to move all of their indoor dining to outside operations. And so that meant pushing people out to, um, out to the parking lots to, to take outdoor orders, to do line busting with tablets and so on. And that really changed the uh, restaurant operator's ability to manage and effectively, um, effectively plan for their speed of service. And so 
the the ground loops, which were the technology previously used to track cars, where there was these magnetic loops in the that are actually put into the ground that detect a presence of a car. They only have a couple of different spots that they can see, and they don't know which car is which, and they certainly don't know which car may have had an order taken by a person with a tablet. Well, enter some of the stuff that we're talking about here, where um, you know the patent itself is giving us a, a couple of key pieces. The first is the voice ordering component um, and the hardware related to that. And so we got a patent in this uh, proprietary hardware that Xenials built that allows us to interact with the consumer over a voice interface. Um, the second part of the patent, it really claims and, and has to do with um, with this visual-based timing solution and the visual-based customer journey tracking, if you will. The ability to see uh, a car pull up into the, the drive-through, see that someone's taken their order uh, on a tablet, and then mark that time that that car has taken the order, actually determine, hey, that's a red truck um, or a blue sedan, and then watch that blue sedan or red truck complete their journey through the drive-through. And this allows us to do some pretty exciting things. You know, one of which being that we can we can actually change the experience now at the menu board because you've already placed an order. Things are now possible to us, uh, like adding um, an upsell option at that ending you know conversation where I'm not showing you the full menu anymore because you've already ordered. There's no need for that, but I'm showing you, hey, here's one or two things that you might consider adding on, and perhaps there's a QR code to allow you to do that quickly, or maybe the bot is communicating with you saying, hey. You know, thanks for your order, Andy. Um, would you like to add, you know, a drink or uh, a shake with that? And that's the question, as opposed to a more complicated voice interaction. Um, the other thing it allows us to do is, is if the customer, for example, doesn't get their order, they go through the whole line experience and they have to be, you know, pulled out of the line. And you know, it's all happened to us. You got to wait for a couple minutes because I don't know what some part of your order is not ready yet. Um, we can actually track that experience as well, whereas previously that wasn't uh, really a part of the puzzle. And so uh, this gives the operator of the location much more rich intelligence about what's going on, both within their operations, the ability to deliver food and deliver it quickly. Uh, it also um, provides an incredible opportunity for marketing and really understanding the customer's journey through their experience in a physical space that really wasn't available to us previously. So the patent, um, just to sum it up, kind of has three parts. It's got the uh, the audio system itself for taking and receiving and, and putting out an autonomous order, um, which is the, the physical hardware platform. It's got the vo video um, capability for um, drive-through timing, tracking, and uh, tracking for vehicles and cars. Um, and it's got, um, it's got a lot to do with how we display that and then use that in the actual software to to um, to show the operator of the restaurant sort of what's happening, um, giving them real insight into you know how many really how many cars are out there, really what the quality of their operation is happening, and and then you know potentially providing advice uh, if you will to to convert the restaurant from a high volume operation to a lower volume operation. And, and how the, the restaurant might reconfigure itself or could be reconfigured fairly autonomously. So um, yeah, it's a pretty exciting uh, deal. We, we, uh, we were awarded the patent um, uh, not, not so long ago. And so you know, this is a final filing processes and steps, but uh, we're super excited uh, as you might imagine.
Yeah. I mean, if, if you're in the industry and you hear a lot of the stuff that we're talking about and the advancements that we can make in the drive through you realize what a big deal that is and why we're so excited. Chris, I do want to just uh, fact check you a little bit. And this is only just because I actually worked at the company for a while. But Jack in the Box is actually the first company to ever use an intercom in the drive through And that was in 1951. So I remember when we were kicking this or when we were kicking this around and we, you know, this idea, you know, this was just a glimmer in the eye and we kind of were, we're kind of blown away that no one had done this. I mean, in 70 years from there, right? Like it, no one had innovated like this in, in the drive through space. And that amount of time was, it was really shocking to us. And we realized there was a lot of problems we could solve with a lot of the modern technology that we were already experimenting with and going down the path of, which is kind of how this came to fruition. Um, I know a couple of things that I was excited about that this this patent's going to help us solve that our industry problems are also just understanding what are the what are the gaps in our drive-through operations things like cars pulling off. Um, you, right now, restaurants have no idea. Um, they don't have any idea what the true speed of service is if the car the the line goes beyond the 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 menu board. That was another problem that we were trying to solve. Or what happens if a car in the drive-thru gets their order because someone ran it out and they need to pull away? Suddenly your whole speed of service is thrown off. And so when we were thinking about the camera-ready restaurants, those things became really exciting problems that we realized we could solve, which is ultimately kind of what drove a lot of this patents. Couple that with, with voice and have that all run through the same hardware, it became just a really exciting thing that we realized we were we were onto, and so it's it's been really cool to get the validation from the U.S. government uh, that you know we are onto something there. Uh, so, Chris, though, I want to shit though, like you know, we when we talk about restaurant technology companies, how common is it for them to pursue and win patents like like what we did? Are you aware of any other companies in our space winning patents like this? Yeah, I mean, sure. We're a technology company, and and this is a technology industry, and so uh, uh, intellectual property protection is something that we all we all do as a part of our normal operations. And so there are, uh, you know, I would say most companies in this space are going to be pursuing some form of intellectual property protection um, for for their ideas, and um, and that wouldn't be uncommon at all. I think um, I think as as far as you know, winning and so forth. Um, it's hard to say, really. I, I think it depends a little bit on you know how narrowly focused those patents are. Certainly, you can win a, a patent for a very narrowly focused, and I wouldn't say win, but um, but be, be is, issued or be awarded right a patent for a very narrowly narrowly focused um, uh, you know area of of what you're working on. Um, in this case, we think this is pretty exciting because it's such a broad. Uh, a set of use cases that really we think, you know, de is industry defining about where where we're all headed. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why we're here talking about it and, and really excited about it. Yeah, I think that's a good segue. And the next thing I wanted to ask is really, you know, for those listening who a lot of our listeners are Xenial customers, but there's also some prospective customers as well. You know, what What's what's significant for those for those people, for the folks listening who are like, okay, this awesome, congratulations, you know, what's in it for me? Why why should I be excited about this? I know that seems kind of obvious, but I'd love to explore that with you because I think that that's you know ultimately what matters. What's the significance of this for our our customers? Well, I think it's a good question. I mean, a little bit of this, of course, is us, you know, tooting our own horn, you know, getting, yeah. you know, being excited about our own achievement here. We need to do but, that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for our customers, it's really critical that um, that you have partners who are thinking about, 
um, uh, about these things because if someone were to come into the space and it happens, it happens more often than we probably all care to, to, to discuss. You have someone that comes into the space and perhaps uh, gets some intellectual property protection on some piece of what you're doing. Um, all of a sudden, even though you, you may not have really intended to or realized that you're infringing uh, on, on someone else's intellectual property. And, and that becomes a fairly, um, you know, frustrating ordeal. And so, you know, look, our, our, our benefit to the customers is this, you know, we're thinking about these things so that, you know, hopefully later on there's never uh, or there won't be, you know, some kind of uh, difficulty, you know, legal difficulty operating um, the technology that we've put in your locations. You know, we want to make sure that we, uh, we're giving you novel things that, that, um, that others, uh, you know, can't claim the right to, right? And, that, and that's an important part of just being prudent for your business. So that's why. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think certainly, uh, you know, it's about protecting our customers and help giving them, you know, access to this type of technology easily, you know, because they already have the relationship with us. But you you touched on it a little bit in that in that answer. And I think it's important to note that, yeah, sure, we, we want to secure patents for a, a numerous reasons you could probably guess. But one of the biggest things that really drives us to, to do these kinds of things is because at Xenial, you know, we want to be that innovative partner for you as a, as a restaurant company that you know when you, when you see us doing things like this you realize oh we're not just you know partnering with your, your generic run of the mill point of sale provider you know we we are offering a suite of solutions and are constantly looking at ways to innovate because we, we are you know cemented in this in this restaurant industry in the restaurant ecosystem and we see all the different challenges that happen and while we have products that address a bunch of different verticals we also see things like you know i mentioned the drive off thing again like there's some operational gaps here that we think now you can solve with technology. So we're going to go innovate there. And so I think that that's one of the most exciting things from this. While, you know, while be crossing our, our T's and dotting our I's, we also want to help encourage people to know that we are an innovative company that is thinking forward and, and you can expect more things like this. We're not going to stop here. Um, and so I think that it's kind of that, that barbell approach of like, you know, judicial protection of you know our, our customers and giving them access to good services and also that this is just the tip of the iceberg we're going to keep doing stuff like this and we, we think that's pretty exciting so we, we've talked about some of the cool things that we're going to do with these technologies some of the ways we're going to use it to drive innovation in the drive-through which is the majority of our customers business generally um, which is why we we've focused so much of our resources on that um, so we've kind of handled the what in uh, the how, but but the the where and can, Chris, can you speak to a, a little bit of how of how we're rolling this out today? Like, how is this real? Is is this vapor that we just got a patent for, or, or is this is this is this real? Yeah, to go back to your last question, I think I think the thought leadership piece of our of our story here is really important. You know, we get a patent, and that's great for us, but. I think more than anything, we want to be uh, we want to be the thought leaders in the space, and that that is really driving the the choices that we make, and and really the the reason to talk about it. So that's why we're here, I think, um, and and perhaps is a better answer even than than what we uh, previously talked through. Um, so it's a good it's a good segue, and, and in terms of what we're doing with these technologies um, and, and where we're rolling them out today, I think I think it's um, it's pretty interesting. You know, we we currently are talking to you know a good number of folks that 
are, are trying to figure out how to use these technologies to solve real problems in their restaurants. The line busting case that we talked about uh, earlier being one of the chief ones among them. And so, you know, we're using this technology to improve line busting experiences out there. We're using it to do better measurement, um, to understand, you know, whether or not someone has, as an example, a positive interaction um, with a customer, uh, you know, and, and the person in the, in, the, uh, uh, in the order taking position and just analyzing, saying, hey, was that a positive interaction? And how did that interaction um, and maybe some of the key things that were offered and said, how do they in, impact the, the customer's order? How, how does that change the way the customer orders? Um, and what, what kinds of things work uh, versus what kinds of things don't? So a lot of experimentation and a lot of understanding being generated today. I, I think um, what we're really seeing uh, as the next step is just now beginning. We're really at the beginning stages of this. And that, that I think is one of the reasons why this is such an exciting topic to talk about um, in that we're just now seeing the first real stores go live. I think this week may be one of our very first uh, pilots um, to go live with, with a series of these things strung together in an actual user experience. And so we're rolling them out. There's a store um, that, that will be using this to, to do line busting in a live environment where they go on their point of sale on their tablet, uh, pick out the red truck from the lineup of cars that they're standing in front of, place the order with that car, and the camera system is tracking that around, uh, around their experience with the drive-thru and also allowing them an opportunity to pay for their order. Um, in that situation, there's even a microsite. So uh, if you think about it, you know, one of the big key things we've realized in the line busting operation that consumers are missing is the ability to see the menu. So I'm, I'm you know, think about it. If you pull up and you, you're waiting to talk to somebody who's got a tablet um, who may not be standing in front of the menu board because they're trying to take your order before, you know, before you get up to that point to try and speed, speed up the line. The number one challenge in that environment is that I don't, you know, as a consumer, I don't know what to order. I don't know what you make here. I may frequent your location. And so I always order the same thing and maybe that's okay um, for me. But if I'm, you know, if I'm with someone who maybe doesn't know the, the, the restaurant I'm ordering from, or maybe it's, it's been a long time since I've been there, I may not know what I want to order. And that, that means I've, I've got to, you know, have a conversation, which is just going to slow down the line, which is it, it, just avoiding the thing that I'm trying to work on. And so this customer in particular uh, created a microsite that allows you, just like you would at the table service restaurant, in a lot of places we go now, you scan the QR code, you pull up the, the menu. Well, same thing here, except for when that happens, uh, we added a new piece of functionality to that that actually links that conversation that um, you're having to the order that is being taken on the point of sale. So that QR code is specifically identifying your order and your car. And now I'm, I'm having that conversation and my order confirmation, the thing that tells me what I'm buying is showing up on my cell phone right there in front of me as I talk to the person and as that person enters my order right in their POS. That's, that's unheard of. You know, real, yeah. time, real time order data coming out of the store, filling up this microsite, having this happen. This is not something that anyone in our industry has done yet. And, and it, like I said, going live next week. And the ability for us at that point to say, okay, We'll pay with a touchless payment. Um, add that touchless payment into the experience or add your loyalty identifier onto that conversation without having to have a chat with the 
person taking your order, that person can walk away at that point. You could be paying for your order, identifying with loyalty, applying a discount, whatever it is you're doing while you're waiting to get up to the next point in line and all without ever actually hitting um, the drive through or digital menu board or the, the voice interaction that you would typically have outside the restaurant. Um, and then because we know it's you, we know it's that car, when we get you up to that spot, now I have the ability again to try and upsell you to do other things, um, which, which you know, is a really transcendental experience uh, for customers and, and, and consumers and the, the way that they will interact with, fest, with, uh, with quick service restaurants um, in the future. And, uh, and so, yeah, that is, that is rolling out today, uh, quite literally here in, in, um, in South Florida. And we're very excited about it. And, and hopefully we'll be able to, uh, to, to bring the, the folks who are running that operation on this podcast when, uh, when they've got some time operating it to help explain more and teach you guys what we're up to. We're, we're, we're quite excited about it. Yeah. And in and, and more ways that that hooks into the seamless kind of vision of the drive through the future is it's really a lot of different components working together. You just mentioned the point of sale line busting tablet, our touchless payments, you know, order confirmation data feed real time out of the store. Uh, you know, it's it's APIs driving the menu to that site. It's um, the camera vision recognizing the car and already having that red truck in a list that, you know, the, the line buster can tap to even start the order. But more so, it also is the digital menu boards, right? You mentioned they're, they're ordering before the digital menu boards. So once they've ordered and paid and, and suddenly they get to the digital menu board now because it's, you know, super lunch rush or whatever, you know, they're not just going to see now the, the normal digital menu board. The digital menu board is going to know, hey, I'm, you know, this person's already ordered. So why are we showing them the menu again? Let's, you know, put some upsell content there, some marketing content, maybe a QR code to go down like their download their app. Um, any, whatever you want to do there, suddenly DMBs can be, you know, used as more real estate. And it's this vision um, concept that we're able to, you know, see that happen and do more things with the technology. And so it's just further extending the capabilities of the investments you're making. Because most people who are buying digital menu boards are, are really just using them to show their menu, which great. It looks awesome. Look, maybe you put some dynamic content in there, but we're starting to really think about how can we, you know, use this huge investment that you make as a restaurant operator to uh, to do more things. And so this is, again, tip of the iceberg. We're really excited. Yep. And excited to roll that out uh, in a couple of days here. So, um, you know, you kind of, we've, you've touched on a couple of the ways that these, these uh, you know, the future holds regarding these technologies. Can you go into kind of the demand that we're seeing and, and, and what we're going to do to, to address that? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, I've, been in this industry, I, I don't know, I think about 15 years, right, Andy? I, I, yeah. I think we met, you know, several years ago. So been in this industry about 15 years. And I've, um, I can honestly say that I have never seen anything that uh, we have made, uh, or I have made personally, uh, or created for this space, which has had a higher interest level or uptake in demand. I, I really think, you know, by and large, we only have to have a conversation for about 10 minutes with somebody yeah. Uh, to talk about the kinds of things we're working on here before we're asked the question, when can I install it? Uh, and you know, and if we had more of it, if we had more, um, if we had more learnings under our belt, it would be going just that much faster. Um, and so, I can't stress enough. I mean, given at least in my tenure in this industry, I have never, and I can't understate this, I have never seen the kind of demand we've seen for products such as the ones we're describing here. And I think it's a real testament both to the fact that people have recognized that 
the future, you know, has now brought a lot of is, is sort of here, if you will, and has brought a lot of these opportunities for advancements out there um, that previously to this point didn't exist. And the other thing I think a lot of people have realized is that um, is that the consumer and the way that they want to purchase and interact with your brands has definitively changed. And so they're so much more willing, just like that. Uh, you know, I think we published this Harris Poll survey results that that talked about the fact that a lot of consumers would just simply prefer not to talk to another human during their interaction, right? Uh, and so I think I think that it's just a it's just it's what's coming true for for uh, our industry. It's sort of like what we where we saw things were going. They've actually sort of become to act to to become true. They become to go there. And um, you know the 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 other thing I would say. Um, is that is that we're probably not done here? I think that was kind of the second part of your question, right? We're not done yeah. with just these things. I think these are kind of the simple use cases that we've seen found come up with, um, you know, with with customers and with marketers together. But I think there's just so many more things that we haven't dreamt up yet. Uh, you know, simple use cases from I drive onto the lot. I know that um, in my in my profile for my uh, for my online order or for my delivery order, I'm driving a red truck and and I'm Andy. Um, there's only so many red trucks that are expected to do that pickup order. And so when I get to that pickup space, the camera's watching those spaces and is able to just trigger a notification to the, to the kitchen to send a runner out to deliver the food. I don't need to communicate with anyone to check in and say, hey, I'm here. Um, just, just a simple example, another simple example of how this technology is just incredibly powerful. Um, I think a, a third thing that's kind of super exciting and interesting is how is how all of this comes together with um, with some of the things that are happening uh, as it relates to the infrastructure um, uh, bill and, and things that are happening there. So you can think about uh, Electrify America, some of the the programs that are out there to allow us uh, uh, that have sort of unlocked federal money to to allow for more electric car, electric vehicle charging. Well, uh, I think there's a real opportunity to use some of these technologies in conjunction with that to drive forward, say, a voice order with uh, with a kiosk that's embedded into an electric car charger so that, hey, I'm, I'm already going to be here charging my car for some period of time. Might as well be in, you know, one of your parking lots as, as a QSR um, and taking advantage of the 20 or so, 20 odd minutes they're going to be spending with you to have an interactive experience, to, to get food potentially run out to them as they either sit in their car potentially you know if you look at some of the new the new cars that are coming out with the entertainment options that they have where people can play video games inside their car they might legitimately use that as as their as their place to eat um or or maybe they go out to a picnic table or something like that but um but there's an incredible opportunity i think as you see the restaurant expand beyond the four walls of the building and now to use this technology to really drive innovation in that space is is pretty exciting yeah, you just described a couple things like this. This started as a let's talk patents uh, episode, but now it's turned into like the future of everything uh, episode. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you you highlighted there, you know, we can create these tools and we can come up with a lot of really cool use cases and problems we want to solve. But I think what I'm most excited about is what are the things that people, you know, customers who are using our products, what are they going to solve that we didn't think of that we're like, whoa, that's really cool. You know, this person used sentiment analysis and voice to marry up, you know, how, you know, different people in different cars interact with fast food employees. I don't know, but these things all become possible 
with with these types of tools and i i I think i'm really excited to see you know what are the things we 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 aren't planning for yet that come to fruition out of these so it's gonna it's exciting times for sure you know i feel almost silly i had one more question written down and i i mean I obviously know our perspective on this, but I think it would be important to to answer because it's a good topic because there are going to be some folks who are listening to this that says, yeah, 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 that that's cool. Sounds very sci-fi. Sounds really expensive. You know, is this is this really the future or, or do, do you really think these technologies are going to be widely adopted? Is this really something I should be considering? And I think that's a fair question, you know, because some of this stuff is is does feel a little out there right now to a, your your, you know, standard restaurant operator when it comes to their technology. So, Chris, do you I mean, how do you see how do you foresee these technologies being adopted widely? Like do you do you think that's going to happen? Why or why not? I mean, I uh... Maybe I'm maybe I'm biased. <laughs> Probably I'm biased. Let's take that with a grain of salt. We got yeah. That. So so take this answer with a grain of salt. But but here's what I'll say, at least from a pragmatic perspective, um, our products in this space, uh, when you add up what, look, just think about what you're already doing here, right? Like what are you already doing in this space? You have a drive-through timing solution, most likely. So you already have loops that you put in the ground. You had to send someone out with a with a saw to cut holes in your parking lot to put these, to put these loops in. Right. And that is not having flashbacks. Yeah. PTSD. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, um, and so there's that. And then, uh, so there's a drive through timing solution that you're purchasing and paying for. And there's probably a monthly recurring fee associated with that too. Um, and then you've got uh, a headset solution that you're already purchasing and paying for. And, and, um, and that's a separate solution. And then you've got, you know, digital menu boards and, and so on and so forth. So you have all these solutions already today in your restaurants. And the truth of the matter is when you look at some of these, when you look at some of these technologies and you think about, well, what's the cost of doing a loop outside in the drive-thru and how much information do I really get out of that loop? And then I compare that to the cost of a couple of cameras um, and, a, and I still need the controller for that loop. I still need a, you know, piece of, uh, a piece of hardware, some kind of computer connected somewhere to monitor that. Um, and then I still got a reoccurring fee and all that. And, and same thing for voice. If I, I've got to buy that hardware, there's probably a reoccurring maintenance fee. Someone's got to come out and fix it so forth. Well, all those things added up in general cost about, you know, cost about 50% more than the solutions we're talking about here. And so from my perspective, I do think it's going to be widely adopted primarily, you know, irrespective of the fact that there's all these really crazy new fancy sci-fi as you put it ideas out there that we could do, but from, from just a cost and a pragmatic, you know, uh, perspective, you know, you could think about this, you could reconfigure a drive-through fairly efficiently. You could build a second lane without much effort. For example, if you had enough real estate in a parking lot, as opposed to, you know, knocking everything over and building a new building, um, and you don't necessarily have to think about, well, all the various pieces that we just talked about and what those additional costs would be, you know, it's a significantly less expensive proposition to use some of the solutions that we're bringing to market. And and for that reason, I think even if you don't take the plunge to take the advanced activities and capabilities that we're talking about here, you're still going to see folks adopt it and move to it because of the fact that it is it is simply a market disruptor. It's it's a new opportunity for a less expensive, you know, uh, startup price. And so maybe, you know, maybe the the installation cost is lower, um, but you're converting some of that expense into a better consumer experience, and and that is driving an upfit, an uplift in customer uptake and and uh, and 
average ticket. And those are really the opportunities, I think, that are a reason for why these technologies will be adopted. I think the other thing, too, is just how many people are out there trying it. I mean, you could read news article after news article of folks out there, you know, experimenting with this. And and I don't think people would be experimenting if they didn't see the potential value. I just don't, you know, it, it may take a while for everyone to get to get there. But I do think that um, I do think that as your as the name of the podcast says, I think it's going to be table stakes sooner or later. Very nice. That's that that is a great way to put a period on this. Chris Siefkin, thank you so much. We're really excited. I yeah, you know, I love working with you. We get to do some really fun stuff. Um, so I, I appreciate your time and your candor. Uh, and I think that that everyone listening does as well. Uh, so guys, as always. Join us next time on the Table Stakes Podcast for a dash of innovation, a pinch of technology, a tablespoon of business strategy, and a generous measure of good humor. We'll catch you next time. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like to suggest a topic or guest for an upcoming episode, we want to hear from you. You can reach us at tablestakes at zenial.com. Table Stakes is produced by Michael Kowalski. Our audio engineer is Joseph Hawk, and I'm your host, Andy Grindstein.